Alright, Exodus chapter 20. We're going to do work in verse 16 and other places this morning. Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. Hear now the words of the Lord. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Say it again. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord. Amen? Amen. On May 19, 1975, a man was robbed and murdered in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, this is a, he was a business owner, a convenience store owner. And a little boy that was 12 years old came forward as an eyewitness and he said he saw the entire thing. He pointed out Ricky Jackson and two of his friends who would literally be drug, drug in by, by the police and, and, uh, they would be interrogated and, and after that interrogation they would literally be convicted and arrested of murder and robbery. Ricky Jackson, uh, he was 18 years old at the time, just a teenager, and he tells the story of when he was being interrogated, the police would take a phone book and they would put it in front of his face and on his stomach and they would beat him over and over again uh, and there was that there, that was their method of avoiding getting bruises visible bruises on his body here he is 18 years old and he finds himself in a doozy for 2 years Ricky was on death row for 2 years Here he is, 18 years old, thrusted into prison, and he finds himself on death row for two years. And get this, he was three months away from the electric chair before his execution was stayed. Three months away from the electric chair. After 39 years, almost four decades, after 39 years... This once 12-year-old boy is much older now, and he comes forward and he says, it all was a lie. After 39 years, he lied to the police, he lied to the prosecutor, he lied to the judge, and he lied to the jury. 39 years this man spent in prison. And he talked about going into prison, into a dog-eat-dog society at 18 years old. Never had been in any kind of criminal trouble before a day in his life. And here he is, thrusted into prison based on a lie. A story. He spent the nation's longest amount of time in prison by an inmate wrongfully convicted because of a boy decided... To break the ninth commandment. See, the tongue is a powerful thing. And God has given us the gift of our words to to help, to heal, to restore, to bless, and not to, to destroy. And that's exactly what we do when we break the ninth commandment. We destroy. We destroy everything in our path. I want us to see three main ideas this morning. We'll see that a lying tongue will cause severe pain. We'll see that God's original intent for us is to bless one another. And lastly, we'll see that only the truth will free us. 
Let's do work in the ninth commandment. But before we go to work, let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time. Father, we pray that you would speak to us, that you would be ever-present here now, God. I pray you would move me aside, Father, that we may see all that you would have for us to see and hear all that you would have for us to hear. And Father, I pray that it be in your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we're, we're nearing the end of our love plus obey journey through the Ten Commandments. And let me just remind you of what we've seen over our time. We've seen that the first four commandments point to the love of God, the love for God, while the last six commandments point to the love for others. And if you wanted to summarize the Ten Commandments, you could do it this way. Love God and love others. All along, we've said that the Ten Commandments, they are not a ladder to gain the acceptance from God. Rather, it is our love for God that drives us to obey. It is out of love that we put no gods before Him. It is out of love that we fight against idols in our hearts and lives. It is out of love that we honor our parents. It is out of love that we fight against lust and adultery. It is out of love that we value work and that we don't steal. And out of love for the Creator of the heavens and the earth, we say yes to being truth tellers. It is out of love. Let me give you a working definition of lying. Lying is saying what is untrue and not saying something that is true. And we've got to see that a lying tongue will cause severe pain. See, the tongue itself is a powerful weapon. Notice what David says in Psalm 140 verse 3. Speaking of the wicked, the violent, and evil men, David says this. They make their tongue sharp as a serpent's. And under their lips to the venom of asp, which is a venomous snake. Look at Proverbs 7, or 12, 17 through 18 with me. Whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrust, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Mm. Proverbs 25:19 says, "A man who bears false testimony against his neighbor is like a war club or a sword or a sharp arrow." Did you catch the words that that are likened to the tongue being used in the wrong way? Listen, serpent, venom, war club, sharp arrow and a sword thrust. See, think severely injured and severe pain. That's the damage that words can potentially cause others. It's not just a harmless lie when you say things that are untrue. I want you to feel the weight and the danger, sword thrusts. Imagine the damage that thrusting a sword into somebody can do. That, that, that's the weight and the danger of lies and, and not telling the truth and lying upon somebody else. It, it, it's heavy stuff. The ten, the, in the Ten Commandments, we further we are further instructed uh, to see our job is to bless others and to affirm others and not to tear others down by lies. Well, what do we see here? Uh, what are we motivated? Why are you and I motivated to lie to others? We are because uh, we want to change our negative consequences. 
So, so often we, we want to fix the negative consequences and we are motivated to lie. We lie to protect the illusion of who we are. We want people to look at us in a better light than they actually do. We, we lie to get what we want. We do. We lie to get the things that we want and get the satisfaction and the pleasure that we want. We lie to remain in control of the outcome. We do. We want to be in control. And so we lie so that we can keep control of what's going to happen. We lie to play God and to punish someone else. That's what we do when we lie. We, we act as if we are the divine when we lie. And, and in order to punish somebody else, we tell a story. We, we lie. We lie about somebody to be accepted by someone who despises them. Ever had a friend who didn't like somebody and then you go to that person and you begin to tell lies about that person who your friend doesn't like? Because we want to be even more accepted by others. There's, there's all these reasons that we lie, but what it boils down to is that you and I are motivated to lie because we so easily assume that all of life is about us. So we lie. We deceive. Deception is a part of who we are because we assume that all of life points to us. So we pursue our own satisfaction, we pursue our own pleasure because we think life is about us and about what we can get. So much so that we are okay with whatever and whoever we destroy in the process. We lie. Listen to what the Bible says about this in Proverbs 21.6. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a snare of death. Do you see that? It's a fleeting... You get these treasures by lying. You get the acceptance by lying. You, You get the pleasure of people by lying. And the Bible calls it a vapor. It appears for a little while and then it disappears. And you know what it does? It leads you and I to death. It's the only place it leads us to. It doesn't lead us to success. It doesn't lead us to prosper. It leads us to death. Um, It's so crazy. Uh, You you, you think about the pain that uh, lies cause. Um, I think about a child who has a father who's not there. A child who has a father who has over and over again broken promises and it's that kid in the windowsill waiting for dad to show up on their birthday. And he never comes. He lies. And, and, and you, you see the brokenness in the eyes of that child. What a lie did to that child. It hurt him. It's painful. Maybe it's an ex. You broke up and you thought things were good and all of a sudden you start hearing crazy things. This person is lying on you. How does that make you feel? It's painful. Lies are painful to others. And God never meant for us to hurt one another that way. It's painful. It's hurtful. Lying is very detrimental to every party involved. 
It's nothing new. Joseph was lied on in Potiphar's house. The martyr Stephen in Acts chapter 6 was lied on. You look at the Gospels. Jesus himself was lied on. And I think it's very important for us to grasp this. And that's the reason why God puts this in the Ten Commandments. Because you and I have this propensity to make ourselves look better. We got this propensity to pursue our own pleasure and our own desires, and so we lie. So people will look at us in a better light. So we'll be viewed differently. So we can get the upper hand. We lie in the business world. Folks lie on their taxes. Students cheat on homework and on tests, and they're lying. It's deception. See, it's so easy for us to fall into this. It's everywhere. We lie to our spouses because we don't want them to look at us a certain kind of way. We lie at work. We didn't show up for work. We called in and we kind of put that sick voice on. (coughs) Lying. We're breaking the ninth commandment. But the full understanding, to fully understand the ninth commandment, we've got to understand where all this came from. Jesus says of the devil in John chapter 8 verse 44, He does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. Jesus says, when the devil lies, he speaks out of his own character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Do you hear that? Do you see the place that our lying came from? It came from Satan himself. Because he is the originator of lies. He is the first person to tell a lie. He is in the Garden of Eden deceiving Adam and Eve and hoping to tempt them and hoping that they would believe his lie. He is the father of lies. And you and I need to realize that when we break the ninth commandment, it's demonic because it's from the Satan. It's from the devil. And we need to realize the place that our lives are coming from. He is the originator and he is the father of lies. See, there is a very real enemy and we need to be aware of it. His only job is to kill, steal, and destroy. And he was lying from the very beginning and we are foolish enough to believe him. He is the originator of lies. Secondly, we need to see that God's original intent for us is to bless one another. See, in the age of selfies, this is hard to believe. That God's original intent is to bless one another. Because we're in the selfie age in which we're, we're so focused on ourselves, we cannot focus on others. But yet God's original intent is that we would be focused on others. In fact, 60% of the Ten Commandments are focused on others. I think God wanted to emphasize our need to love one another and to be for one another and to bless one another. 
what's God's original intent? We see it in Romans 12:10. Says, "Love one another with brotherly affection." Romans 12:16. Live in harmony with one another. Romans 15:7. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 13:11. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. Are you seeing this? John 13, 34-35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Whew. The overwhelming message of Scripture is that you and I would love one another because we were loved first. This is the reason why we shouldn't break the ninth commandment. This is the reason why we shouldn't be caught in lies against our neighbor. It's because God's original intent for us is that we would love one another. That we would be for one another. That we would encourage and bless and comfort one another. That's what God wants for us. But we're in the selfie age. And it's hard for us to focus on God's original intent because we are focused on our own personal comforts. God says... Over and over and over again. Love one another. Bless one another. Encourage one another. See, when you, not, when you lie on your neighbor, it is not just an offense on them, but it is also an offense upon God. Because God created your neighbor in His image. And God loves your neighbor. He has marked your neighbor. And the fact that you would lie against your neighbor says you don't care about them or you don't care about the God that made them either. It's not just an offense against them, but it's also an offense against a holy and a righteous God. We are to be for one another. I know this guy, um, I actually got to go on a mission trip with this guy, and uh, this dude is, uh, he's a great guy, he, he really has, he's got a, uh, he really is, he's, he's got an amazing story, um, was, was uh, addicted to some heavy drugs, God brought him out of it, delivered him out of it, uh, we went on a mission trip, and this dude literally gave away everything he had. I mean, he went back with just the clothes on his back. He he gave away his backpack. He gave away, and I'm like, man, I mean, you don't have to give away everything. You you think to myself, and he was like, man, I I I'm used to having nothing. I I'm I'm used to having. And this guy, his he he has a a, a kind of a nine to five job, but uh, he makes uh, a living uh, going under bridges. And he goes in crack houses. He goes in abandoned buildings. And he loves on people who, who we would consider to be destitute and cast aside. He gives them food and uh, he buys them underclothes and he's given out soap. And uh, I mean, he, this is what he, he, he does for a living. It's just kind of his lifestyle. He's going under bridges to feed people and to put clothes on the folks back and to give them boots to cover their feet. And it's amazing to me. He has a heart for one another. 
this is who he is. And, and I think this is God's original intent for us that we would have a heart for one another. That, that it would become second nature for us to give freely, to comfort one another, to encourage one another. That you and I would think about one another before we think about ourselves. That's tough. That's tough. But that's God's original intent for us. See, the reason we shouldn't bear false witness against our neighbors is because our job is to love them. And what's so crazy about this is God says, the way that people will get pointed to me is by how you love one another. Woo! The way that you will make much of Jesus, the way that you will even more point people to His fame, His renown, is by how you love one another. And let me tell you this morning, you cannot love one another the way God intended to if you don't know one another. You got to know one another. And that, that takes getting out of your comfort zone some. That, that takes not shooting to the exits as soon as the benediction is down. That takes being willing to, to step out of your comfort zone and say, Hey, I, I don't know you, but you, you want to go to lunch after church. That takes inviting all of your neighbors over for, for a barbecue and serving hot dogs and hamburgers just so you can get to know your neighbors. That takes getting out of your comfort zone to be about one another. It, it takes changing the fabric of your life. And when God says, don't do false witness, don't be a false witness against your neighbor. The point is, the original intent is for you to be for one another. That's God's plan for you. And that's why 60% of the Ten Commandments are about loving one another well. Lastly, we've got to understand that only the truth will free us. We've got to understand that only the truth will free us. John chapter 8 verse 31 through 32 says this. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth and the truth, get this, will set you free. The truth will set you free. See, living in the truth and not a lie is where we'll find real freedom. Living in the truth is where real freedom can be found. What we really need is truth. We need truth to rule and to govern our very lives. We need truth to dominate our lives. When we live in lies, we are in bondage to those lies. We, 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 we make this pattern of lies that we cannot get out of. And we're in bondage to those lies. See, freedom is found in truth and not in lies. And hear me when I say, Jesus has come to set us free from the lies that have entangled us. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 
it gives these six things that the Lord hates. And a part of that list is a lying tongue and a false witness who breathes out lies. God hates that. God hates a lying tongue. It is against His very nature because God is truth and there is no lying in Him. And the reality is this morning, if you and I really want to experience true freedom, if you and I really want to experience rest, we will find it in the truth and the truth is the Word become flesh. It's Jesus Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. If you want to find real hope, if you want to find real rest, you will find it in the truth of Jesus. Jesus came as a man, which means he knows what you and I go through in this life. He came as a man. He died the death that you and I should have died. He stood in our place for our sin, for our guilt, for our shame. He took the weight of our sin and He exchanged for our sin His righteousness. He was buried and He rose again that you and I may find freedom in His truth. Do you want freedom this morning? Do you need rest this morning? It is only found in the truth of Jesus. Do you need to be freed this morning? Do you need to be freed from the bondage of your sin? It's only found in Jesus. I remember when I was 17 years old, um, I was asleep down in the basement of our house there in St. Louis. And uh, all of a sudden... I'm awoke I'm awakened to two guys standing over me. And and I quickly noticed because my eyes, even though I'm they, they kind of waking they're waking me up, I, I quickly notice that both of them are carrying handguns. And it blows my mind, and so they're pushing me, telling me to get up, and come to find out they're police officers. In plain clothes, one is a detective from the St. Louis Police Department and the other is an FBI agent. And they're waking me up out of my sleep with guns drawn. And and I, I get up. They grab me and they put me in handcuffs and they literally walk me out of my house early Saturday morning. And I'm looking at my brother like, brother, you, you, you just going to let these folks in on me? Like... You, you're just going to open the door like that? They take me down to the station and they chain my arm to the interrogation table. And these two officers are sitting in front of me in plain clothes and they begin to say things like, you know why we're here, don't you? Why don't you just tell us what happened? So, the story unfolds and they think I had something to do with stealing an unmarked car out of the neighborhood and driving around the neighborhood with a little red cherry on top of it. And I had nothing to do with it. So you know what I did? I started laughing in their faces. And it was hilarious to me. So I, 
I'm like, man, this is crazy. I, one day I'll use this in a sermon illustration. No, I'm just joking. I didn't think that. But it was hilarious. I could not believe what was happening. And, and I told them that I had no clue what they were talking about. And when the truth came out, they took me out of the cuffs. When, when the truth came out, I was freed from my bondage. When, when the truth came out, I was free. I was free to go. And on the drive home, you know, I, I told them don't drop me off in front of the house because I don't want to be seen in a police car getting dropped off in front of the house and looking like a snitch in the neighborhood. But I was free. <laughs> <laughs> and what you and I need to know is that when we find our home in the truth of God's word, when we find our home in the message of Jesus Christ, there is freedom from our bondage. We are set free. We are delivered. We are rescued from our bondage. And Jesus says, do you want real freedom this morning? Do you want to be free from your bondage of sin? Find hope in the message that He came and He died the death that you could not die. He did that out of love for you and I. He freed us. He freed us. And He gave us this opportunity to trust in Jesus and to say yes to Him that we may have an opportunity to get back to the Father in right relationship. He was the bridge to, to the Father. And all you and I have to do is to say yes to Him. Have you said yes to Him? Have you said yes to Him? And if you have Praise the Lord. Say yes to Him each and every day. Wake up in the morning and believe the gospel all over again. Remind yourself of the goodness of Jesus all over again. And if you haven't, say yes to Jesus this morning. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you didn't leave us where we were. Thank you that you are for us. Father, thank you that you, through Jesus, are calling us out of the lies and into your truth. So, Father, I I pray that you would convict us of our breaking of the ninth commandment. And that we would find hope and rest and freedom from those lies in Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, that He is the way, the truth, the life. And even though there is only one way, thank you, Father, that you have given us a way in Jesus. And I pray for my friends here this morning, Father. I pray that that you would put it on our hearts to say yes. Lord, if it's in the car on the way home, I pray we would say yes. If it's at the lunch table, Father, I pray we would say yes. And Lord, may we begin a legacy of being truth tellers. Father, I pray that over our church. I pray against the enemy's desire to work in our midst. 
Lord, the originator of all lies would have us to be against each other and not for one another as you originally intended. So help us, O oh God, to walk in your truth, to rest in your truth, and to be free from our bondage of lies. And Father, we, we give these tithes and these offerings to you. We offer them to you that your fame and, and your renown would grow in Memphis, Tennessee because of these tithes and because of these offerings. We give them to you, O oh God. We praise your name in Jesus' name. Amen.